every couple of months, maybe three months, we bring in someone from the outside um, to talk to us that that is going to share something that I think is strategic in helping us understand what God is doing around the world, what God is doing in areas that are different than what we do. Now, we're pretty strategic in what we do around here, um, aren't we? We understand, we understand Portview Pete, right? Portview Pete, he's got, some, uh, he's got some, a head and some arms and legs, and they all represent something um, that, that talk about the things we do on purpose as a church. And um, when I look for who to come into the church... Because understand this, I get about, I'm not exaggerating, 50 requests a week of people wanting to come to church and share what they're doing. Um, because there's a whole bunch of people doing all kinds of wonderful things for God um, around the world and around our community. And, and so we have to, to, to say, God, who, who do you want us to bring in? And I look for, you know, I look for just the voice of the Spirit. But then I also look for what really fits with what we're trying to develop as what we're doing on purpose. And one of the things that we do on purpose, that the foundation of that is, we are at Portview, we're what? We're people who what? Oh, I say that with some enthusiasm. At Portview, we're people who care. We care. And because we care, that's our model, people who care. And because we care, we do certain things. You know, that's where Portview Pete comes in. The, the five parts of, his, of, of who he is are the things that we do on purpose. But the heart of who we are is we're people who care. Because we care, we do things. Well, the last, um, the, the left leg of Pete is that because we care, we serve passionately with the love of Christ. And one of the reasons, maybe the main reason, I wanted to bring um, Special Touch Ministry in here, Charlie and Debbie um, Chivers, in to talk to us today, is they get this. They can be people who can help us um, grasp what it means to care. They can be people who can help us give us opportunities for us to show that we care by service through the ministry that they do, which, by the way, is headquartered in our district in Wisconsin at Wapaka. Um, you know, and so they really help us fulfill the calling that God has given us as a church. That as we partner with them... Um, we can become the church that God's called us to do and do the things God asks us to do on purpose. And the reason I point that out today is sometimes, especially if you're new to our congregation, you'd say, well, I came to hear Pastor Mark today. And, and who's this guy talking? Matter of fact, I was, I was sharing with somebody before church. I was looking, and, and attendance was kind of really slow coming in today and kind of down a little bit today. And, and somebody said to me, you announced we have a special speaker, don't you? Didn't you? And I said, yes, I did, a week in advance. And they said, what are you going to learn? <laughs> Because, you know, we like what we have as a church. But we understand that we're not the whole body. And so what we do is we periodically, generally maybe about every three months, we bring someone in that can really help us get um, a heart for what God is doing around the world, and in this area, around the world, around the nation, and right here, headquartered in our district. So um, we're going to watch in just one second a uh, video about Special Touch Ministry. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do today. I'm going to ask you to allow God to stretch you and open up your heart. Because I believe that God wants to speak to us today about, about how we can partner with these guys. Um, we're going to be able to have a chance at the end to partner financially. Um, you're going to have an opportunity to partner monthly financially if you, if you want with them. But also a way that you can serve in an incredible opportunity that I believe will change you more than you'll change the people that you serve with. I want to welcome Charlie up this morning. These guys are awesome. They're homegrown. I just found something out. You know Roger Austin. Yes. Yes. You guys grew up together or something, I hear? Absolutely. So uh, you must have, you got some good roots. 
Um, God's produced some some great some great people, and um, you know, I have watched the ministry you've been part of for a lot of years, and it's a phenomenal ministry. And um, I want you just to share with our church this morning what God's doing through Special Touch. Thank you, Pastor Mark, and uh, thank you for giving me pulpit time today. I don't take this lightly, and I know pastors get those 50 calls a day, and so I, I even hesitate to call pastors these days. But we have to, because our mission is America. And Bill Hybels says that the local church is the hope of the world, and I believe that. So my challenge here today is not basically to impart information to you. I'm going to do a little bit of that in the time that we have, and my wife is going to come and share in a little bit. But my real goal today is to present to you your ministry. I want to give you something today that, uh, not just information about us, but I want to give you something today that God will plant into your heart and cause to just grow and, and consume you, and that is a passion for the lost. And there's a good group of people that are lost and dying without Jesus. It's people with disabilities. As a matter of fact, it is the largest unreached people group in the world. I'll share about that in just a moment. But it is good to be here today and uh, with, of course, all of you, but to see our old friend Roger and his wife Krista. And uh, we did grow up together. His parents and my parents were best friends and uh, leaders in the church down in Janesville. And, and so it's just good to be with you, Roger, today and see how God is blessing in your life as well with uh, the ministry that Krista performs here in this area. Again, the local church is the hope of the world, and I understand you're a church that cares. And so I think that this will be a good match today. Uh, you saw some of the statistics. I want to share uh, some statistics with you today to qualify the need so you understand how vitally important this ministry is. I mentioned a moment ago that it is uh, we represent the largest unreached people group in the world. A lot of missionaries say that, but we have the facts on our side. And the fact is, as of December 31st, just uh, this uh, uh, past year, uh, the worldwide population has, of people with disabilities has hit over 700 million. Almost one-seventh of the world's population is uh, disabled. As a matter of fact, the national statistic is somewhere between 10 to 18 percent of all population is considered uh, disabled, fitting at least one of the definitions of disability. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, because it is a group that uh, is a culture, that lives within all the cultures of the world, you can understand that it is therefore the largest unreached people group in the world. People from all walks of life, all uh, faith backgrounds, all ethnic groups, uh, every particular uh, culture in the world has this subculture of people with disabilities living within it that is not adequately reached. As a matter of fact, the Assemblies of God, as we know, is the largest mission-sending organization in the world, and yet there exists this largest unreached people group in the world that we have not even begun to touch. Let me put it in perspective for you. 700 million disabled people in the world. The Assemblies of God today uh, has only a handful of missionaries uh, to people with disabilities. Debbie and I were the first, and everybody else who has come in recently uh, has come in through our ministry. Some have now uh, gone a different direction and gone their, other, their own ways uh, to, to do some local works, which is wonderful. We had a part in, 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 in just uh, uh, equipping them and sending them out. Uh, but today we are looking for more missionaries, and we need missionaries in the local church, Pastor. So this isn't about us coming here to tell you about us, a little bit of that, but it's us coming here to help you be the hope to the world, and especially your world right here in this area. About 10% of your community is disabled. The fact of the matter is disability touches one in five families overall, and over 80% of that group doesn't worship in any church. Now think about that. 
They're institutionalized, many of them. Some of them sit in isolation behind closed doors and drawn curtains because that's their comfortable world where they don't have to answer questions, where they don't have to deal with stares and all of that. And so, so they just sit and they, they just wait and pray and hope that somebody cares. Our goal is that one day that every church that's big enough to have a children's pastor or a youth pastor would have a full-time disability pastor. We're working on trying to develop that. I need missionary associates. How many of you out there are looking for a career? I can present to you a great career, and I can place you in local churches as disability pastors, as a missionary associate, if you'd consider coming on our field. I need truck drivers, CDL truck drivers. How many of you out there are CDL truck drivers? Anybody? Okay, I need truck drivers. People who can help us facilitate the programs across the country. It doesn't have to be all year. Just maybe one week a year you can give to the Lord and it will bless people. I need nurses. Any nurses in the congregation today? Oh, I'm telling you. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, a new one. All right. Well, there you go. You know, God equips those who he calls. You're equipped. Uh, we need you. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> as you can understand, we serve a medically fragile uh, uh, society, and uh, we, as we bring them together, desperately need nurses because we can't provide adequate care, and we turn people away often because we don't have enough folks to step in the gap. And let me tell you this, that I think disability ministry is actually a last day's ministry. I think I can qualify that based on the parable in Luke chapter 14. First of all, it talks about when you give a banquet, don't invite the pretty people because they'll give excuse and they won't come. It says instead invite who? The lame, the halt, the poor, and the blind because uh, they will not probably be able to pay you back. And so we are to invite the socially disenfranchised, those who are marginalized. Then Luke 14 goes on to say this, the master prepared a beautiful banquet table and he said to his servant, I want you to go out into the highways and hedges and, and put, put, put forth an invitation. I want my banquet table filled. And as you read that scripture, you get a sense that the first invitation went again to all those pretty people. You know, the ones who have quality of life to bring back to society. Those who have something to contribute. And you know, we right away make judgments as to who can contribute and who can't. We can't ever really do that because God puts gifts inside of every living human being. And all of them need to know who Jesus is. How many of you know how to qualify who needs Jesus? Who needs Jesus? I mean, that's just a simple question. Who needs Jesus? Well, we know everybody needs Jesus. But my wife says, hey, if you put a mirror under their nose and it fogs up, they're fair game. Yeah, I think that's true. And you see, the problem with the group of people that we serve is too many people are too afraid to get close enough to see if they would even fog up a mirror. And I promise you they will. And they need Jesus. So the servant came back and he told his master, you know, the invitation went out, nobody's coming. The master said, in that case, I want you to get out into the streets and lanes of the cities and literally shake the bushes and bring in who? The lame, the halt, the poor, and the blind, because I want my table filled. In that parable, it was the master's last-ditch effort to fill his banquet table with the marginalized, the socially disenfranchised. And yet there was still room, the Word says. I look at that scripture, to me, the clearest day. Disability ministry is the last day's ministry because we've sent missionaries to every tribe, tongue, culture, and religion that you can imagine, and yet the subculture that exists within all of them are not, has not been served in any way, shape, or form. 
We just discovered that because we've been invited by foreign missionaries to bring special touch onto the foreign field. This, some, this past winter, we planted disability ministry in the Dominican Republic and South Africa and Zimbabwe, and now we've been invited to come to Colombia. A pastor said to me, actually he's the, he he's a, was a visiting theology professor at the uh, Bible Institute in the Dominican Republic on the General Council grounds. And he said, I want to talk with you. He spoke Spanish, I don't, but through an interpreter. This is what he said. He said, would you come to Colombia and do in Colombia what you're doing here in the Dominican? He said, we need our pastors trained. Nobody in Colombia knows how to serve people with disabilities. And he said, we have thousands of them all over the place. And he said, for reasons that most people don't imagine. He said, we have a lot of disabled people because of the drug wars in Colombia. They've had arms and limbs hacked off with machetes. He said they've been uh, sh uh, shot with guns, bullets, piercing spines and brains. And he said we have disabled people all over and we don't know what to do with them. He said my own brother-in-law just a little over a year ago was preaching from his pulpit on a Sunday morning, Assemblies of God Church in the conflict zone. Back doors flew open and six drug lords marched up on the platform, stretched him out and shot off his arm in front of his congregation. He said even my own brother doesn't know how to process his disability. If you come to Columbia, we won't take you to the conflict zone because it's too dangerous, but what we will do, we'll bring you into Bogota and we'll have our 300 pastors come down and, and meet with you there and you can train them for a few days. You know, the needs are great. Whenever you leave America, the disability support goes downhill big time from here. So disability ministry is a last day's ministry. It started here in America and now it's reaching out throughout the world and we're excited and we need the local church. We need the local church. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the members of the body. It says that um, the head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. For most of us, the head is the pretty part of the body. The foot maybe not so much. But the word says we need each other. It also says those parts of the body that seem, and the emphasis is on the word seem, that seem to be uncomely are actually indispensable. What part of the disability community today in the society that marginalizes them, in a society that has to legislate support for them in order for any support to happen at all, in that kind of society, what is it about people with disabilities that's indispensable? The word says every member is indispensable, those that seem to be uncomely. I'll tell you what it is. It's their gifts. Because that scripture is all about God putting members of the body in the body according to their gifts. And here's an interesting uh, dichotomy. Any church body, any group of believers where there is nobody present with a disability is actually sick and disabled. Because it's missing that part of the gift. And so that kind of body is not complete. And then it goes on to say those parts of the body that uh, the private parts that need special treatment, we treat with special modesty. We clothe them with love and we as the body step in the gap. That's what serving the disability community is all about, stepping in the gap. I can talk to you all day about the needs. The needs are unbelievable and these folks are totally left alone. They need you. The ones who aren't here in any church today worshiping, they're out there. Pastor, can we go find them? Can we? You know, we will be available to help you do that. It's not about Charlie and Debbie building a ministry. It's about reaching the lost in America. I have to have the local church on board in order to do that. So we need your help. Debbie's going to come and share with you how you can get involved with our ministry, and then I'm going to close a few things out here in just a minute.
I'll talk fast. So you have to listen fast. I heard a message from your pastor this morning. A a message of intentionality. He plans things intentionally for you to have an impact on your mission field. This is it right here. This is your mission field. I have a different mission field than you do. Likewise, you have a different mission field than I do. I am not going to go where you go. I can't. And likewise, it's reciprocal with us. He's calling you. What, what, what's the difference between me and you anyway? I know your pastor and his wife are on the mission field, so you kind of know what a missionary looks like. This is it. This is what a missionary looks like. And if you dare, you can kind of look over to your left or you can look over to your right. Don't let them know you're staring. That's a missionary too. We're called. What calls us? It's this. It's God's words. Go. It it doesn't get much simpler than that. You know, go. Two, Two letters. And when you are obedient to go, how many of you have ever been on a missions trip? You did something intentional. Did you think about things the same way when you got home? Did you feel the same way after you chose to put yourself off the number one slot and into number two or three or possibly four? You don't see the world the same way because you intentionally put yourself in a position where God can use you. Don't you get a little tired of when things just go willy-nilly all the time? I feel like in America right now, we're tired of the willy-nilly. We want some clear direction. That's what this building is about. That's what this gathering of people is about. To intentionally show you the hope of the world. There's no doubt. Our people with disability need a hope. With 58 million in here and just in the U.S., do you think I'm going to make a big enough dent? No, it's not big enough. I need someone to help me. I need you to intentionally come alongside. I need you to come back and take the first step and just take a piece of paper. And then you need to go home and you need to pray. Because I need people that are going to say, I don't know what in the world I'm doing, but if God is in it, I want to be there. And I'll let him guide and direct me. I need people who have skills like being nurses and truck drivers. And I need people who are willing to become a friend for the week and introduce people to the Almighty God that doesn't care how fast you run, 
that doesn't care how well you have motor skills, those fine motor skills. I need people who are willing to say, Jesus loves you, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, I have no doubt. And it's not based on your intellect. It's based on whose image you were made in. God's. Let him enlighten your heart so that we can put you in a position for one week. Last week, the church that we were in, Sockville. (laughs) I had to think of the name for a minute. A man came up to me and he said, well, so how much is this going to cost me? And that's not, so I was, I was in Stafford, Stratford, that place, right there is where I was. It was an S. <laughs> and it was in Wisconsin. How much is this going to cost me? I said, well, it's, it's free. You're not going to charge me to go on this missions trip? And I said, no, I'm going to work. You're going to work. <laughs> You're going to work. Well, if you get there, we'll feed you. We'll make sure that you have a place to sleep. And we'll give you people that are designed for you to care for for the week. I don't want to take any more of your time. But I need you to come and talk to me. Make the first step. We, uh, we truly do need caregivers to come on our mission field for the five days, uh, June 24th through the 28th. Stop and see us. Pick up a staff application if you know anybody with a disability uh, who would like to have a retreat vacation experience that's all about Jesus. Make sure you put one of the guest applications in their hands, and uh, this will literally change your life. You will laugh harder than you've ever laughed. You will cry harder than you've ever cried, and you will go home tremendously life-changed, I believe, become a catalyst for what God wants to do right here in your own area and through this church. So we can equip you, and we'd love to have you come and join us. It will make a big difference for us. We often turn people away because we don't have enough volunteer caregivers, but Special Touch has the privilege, we didn't set out to do this, but of running some of the largest disability camps in America. Right here at Spencer Lake is the largest. It runs uh, right around 350 to 400 people. Can you imagine 250 disabled people gathering together, the electricity in the air when they're worshiping, it just happens. It's so free. It's phenomenal. It changes your life. And you'll stand Monday night in that first chapel service and you will just weep before the Lord because you're going to see unrestrained love and worship and it will definitely make an impact on your life. So if you can help us, we'd ask you to come and see us today. I want to wrap this up in, in just a, a couple of minutes and I want to give you something to think about from the, from the Word of God. Uh, I will share this, though. Uh, we are one of the compassion ministries in the Assemblies of God because, see, our people are dependent. Uh, most of them live below the poverty line, and so there's no funding that comes from them. So we rely on the church. We l- rely on donors and corporations to stand alongside of us. And uh, we are also, like I said, labeled one of the compassion ministries. I sat in a room just two weeks ago with 14, uh, 13 other compassion ministry leaders sitting on a brand-new compassion, compassionate missionary council. And as a group of, of compassion ministry leaders, we're working out a plan to help the Assemblies of God denomination, fellowship actually, uh, fulfill its fourth reason for being 
which is to meet needy people in the world at their point of need through ministries of compassion. And so we are excited about the potential that God has laid in front of us in that regard. But I want to talk to you before you leave in the next few minutes about the kind of servant in whom God takes great delight. How many of you would love to be the servant in whom God delights? I mean, wouldn't you want to delight the maker of the universe for him to look at you and say, you delight me. I take great delight in who you are. I put gifts within you for a very specific purpose. When you use those gifts, it warms my heart. It fulfills my reason for you. Isaiah chapter 42 talks about the kind of servant in whom God delights. And I want to read that scripture in just a moment. But I want to talk to you about the kind of people that we meet along the way. Not everybody we meet is delightful. We meet some funny people. We meet some serious people. We meet some ornery people. We meet some very happy people. We meet people who are tall, people who are short, people who are fat, people who are skinny. We meet all kinds of people. We meet uh, nasty people. We meet very kind and gentle-hearted people. We meet people who are drainers, and we meet people who are fillers. We meet all kinds of people as we walk this life and take each step that God leads our way. We meet people at the grocery store that we just don't like, we don't get along, and yet we come to church and we find people who we love dearly. Sometimes we go out in the community and we find people who we love dearly. We come to church and we find people we just don't like. We run into all kinds of people. You know, we, read, we run into obnoxious people sometimes, don't we? Pastor, do you know any obnoxious people? Do any of you know any obnoxious No, no obnoxious people here, but we all know them. We've all got obnoxious people in our life. We have some people that just bring us such joy. We meet all kinds of people. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter what kind of people we meet. God has called all of us to be a servant. And what does that mean? How can we get our head around what it means to be a servant? Well, right here, Isaiah 42 tells us, Here is my servant in whom I delight. My chosen one in, in whom I, I will put my spirit on him, and he, he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. In other words, he won't beat his chest and say, Look at me, I'm a great preacher. Look at me, all that I have done. He won't pay, uh, bring attention to himself. That's the kind of servant in whom God delights. He will not shout out or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. In his law the islands will put their hope. The kind of servant in whom God delights, we just read, will never despise a bruised reed or a smoking wick. In just the next couple of minutes, I want to talk about bruised reeds and smoking wicks because we meet people who are both of those. We meet people who are bruised reeds. We have them all over our ministry. Bruised, bruised, bruised. They grow up their whole life long here and people ask their parents, what's wrong with your child? What's wrong with your little boy? What's wrong with your little girl? These kids grow up thinking there's something wrong with me. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with me. I'm just like everybody else and yet they hear what's wrong. What's wrong? People make judgments on their abilities. Automatically assume because they use a wheelchair that they can't. 
you can't do this, you can't do that. Because you have an intellectual disability, you don't know how to sing. You can't hold a microphone, you might drop it. An intellectual disability says that, you know what, you just don't understand your world. And so, we don't give them opportunity. Bruised reeds. Let me tell you about the bruised reed. The word here used for reed is the word cana. It stood for a very specific kind of reed. When you would take a cana and cut it to a certain prescribed length, they would use it in that day to lay out foundations of their buildings. It could be used as a measuring rod. It's interesting, that's the same word that the canon of scriptures comes from. Because the canon of scriptures is a measuring rod for our spiritual life. So this reed cana was used as a measuring rod. Often they would use it as a walking stick and they would negotiate the rocky hillside of Bible lands and, and just kind of support their steps as they went away, went their way. But these reeds, if they were bruised when they were growing, that bruise would be a weak spot and, and it would break off short and couldn't be used as an accurate measuring rod. Or if they were using it as a walking stick, if they just put a little too much pressure on it, it would snap and they could injure themselves. So what they would do with bruised reeds is they would discard them. Just throw them over on a garbage heap, on a pile, and burn them. Useless. Nothing to give. I'm so glad Jesus, the kind of servant whom God delights, would never despise a bruised reed. Because I have been one. We all know bruised reeds. If Jesus won't despise them, neither should we. And then what about smoking wicks? You know, in the Bible days, they would take a bowl of, of, of olive oil. They put a strip of flax in that bowl, and they would light that flax, and it would bring light to the building. It would light their pathway. But often what would happen if, is, is if that flax began to burn up all of the oil, the flame would begin to languish, and it would begin to flicker, and it would begin to die out, and that wick would just smolder. And as it smoldered, it would just give off this horrible odor. A terrible nuisance. Let's just get rid of it. So the easiest thing to do when that wick would smolder would be to reach over there and snuff it out. Get rid of the nuisance. How many of you know smoldering wicks? We all do. And sometimes we just can't understand them. The easiest thing to do is to get them out of our lives, get them out of our thought patterns, Snuff them out, because then we don't have to deal with the nuisance. But the kind of servant in whom God delights would never snuff out a smoking wick. So as we serve people from all walks of life, from all areas of need, some are less pleasant than others. But God doesn't look at them any different than he does the rest of us. They'll all fog up a mirror. Let's be careful not to despise the bruised reed or snuff out the smoking wick. We need your help. Come Spencer Lake, help us with some of our bruised reeds and smoking wicks, and we'll come back to Portview, and we'll help you with the bruised reeds and smoking wicks in this community that God will bring them to the cross. 
Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Charlie and Debbie. Huge mission field right in our back door. We know something about that mission field. Um, we have been very active in trying to minister to people that God is bringing in our path um, with uh, disabilities. And um, until very recently, had a, just a great Sunday morning class until one particular family that had their special needs, we had an entire special needs class, moved to another city. Um, and uh, we were, what's interesting is we were saddened because we lost the opportunity with that one particular family of other families with special needs. And um, so it, it's not a great jump for us to understand that, that there's, a, there's an entire community of people with special needs right here. Um, in our world, and um, I really believe that uh, that you've spoken to us something incredibly enlightening today. Looking at the um, special needs ministries as an end time ministry, I hadn't thought of it like that. That resonates with my soul of looking at it that way. And um, we want to be a people who are in line with the steps of God. And so this is why I want to close in, in prayer and ask the Lord just to uh, to speak to our hearts. And then I'm going to, we're going to receive an offering. And after the offering, I'm going to invite Charlie and Debbie to come up here. And, and I, you guys, so you guys know this, I don't do this very often. I just really sensed as we were in the very beginning when you began to speak that, um, that we're supposed to just try to pray and bless you guys today. We're going to do it financially, but in addition to that, we're going to pray for you. And, and this is one thing I know about being a person who did live as a, as an itinerant missionary. Um, but pastoring a church isn't even so much different than that. That you carry this load of um, responsibility, and you know that God has asked you as part of the body to fulfill it, but you know that you can't do it if other people disobey. And you can't force somebody else to hear. You can't force somebody else to hear, but you understand that God has asked you to do something, and um, that it's a body-wide thing, but if other people don't get on board, it can't get done. And so what ends up happening is you carry a load that you were never intended to be able to carry. And I know especially in this hard economic times, um, your, just your annual giving, and they didn't tell me this for any reason other than I asked them, um, is down like 30%. And that across the board, we've been hard economic times. Um, and that it's affecting, it affects our, it's affected our local church giving. It's affected um, other ministries. And so, but I want, I know that, that I'm not just speaking in the financial part. I'm, I'm felt the Lord say, these guys have been carrying a heavy load. And he just wants to lift that load off your shoulders today. I really believe that and let you know it's his load. It's not yours. And so let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for uh, Debbie and Charlie. And we know that they have been carrying a heavy load, something that you birthed in their heart and it's gone around the world, but something that still, Lord, they have to uh, try to, to manage and direct under your leadership. And it's something that is taking a toll on them personally. I've seen it. I've listened to it in their voices as I've talked to them over the last months. And, um, and Lord, I, we are going to pray in a minute, Lord, for this again as a church. But, Lord, right now, just that you would begin to, to lift the load. You said your burden is easier, your yoke is light. And so, Lord, that today what would happen um, as we pray with them in a few moments is what's going to happen supernaturally, Lord. You would just begin to lift the, the, the burden off their back, and, and you would just take it, and you would just, you just breathe fresh life into them. So they can continue on the path of reaching this unreached people group. So Lord, now as we're going to give to this need, I pray that God, you would just really specifically speak to our hearts and you would show us what you want us to do. 
so we can partner financially. You would begin to show us what you want us to do so we can maybe take a week and go to Spencer Lake and, and give a week of our life and, and be changed ourselves as we look to, to minister to others. So, Lord, um, we're just your servants. We looked at that last week, that if we're a Christian, then we're a servant. And if we're not serving, then it says something's wrong with our Christian walk. That that's what you called us to be, servants. Because we identify with you, that you said you are a servant, Jesus. And we should be like you. So, Lord, we pray now, bless this as we give to this need. Bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen.